Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Hallelujah. Father, we worship you tonight. We give you glory and honor and praise in this place. We count it an honor to be here in unity together, worshiping you, receiving of what you what you offer us tonight, what your plan for this service holds for us tonight. We take it all. And we will not approach your word with a familiarity that causes us to be casual. But we're hungry tonight. We're hungry. And your word is fresh to us. Your word is life to us. And we thank you for it. Father, we know this. Your word is you, but your word points us to you. We're so grateful to belong to you. And we're so grateful that you belong to us. And everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah. Give somebody a great big God bless you, then you can be seated tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you. Uh, I want to thank Pastor Ike for taking the time to to do that. And uh, I appreciate what he saw. He said that those wires that he saw coming out of that plug were like a network of television networks. And uh, we'll just let God do it. We just let God do it. And uh, it's just easier when he does it. Not only that, it, 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 it fulfills uh, the word that he gives when he does it. So hallelujah. Thank you for being a part of that. I, I'm so blessed by what God is having us to address in these meetings. And it's not a light thing to us because the word is God, but the word points us to him so that we can better know him and our fellowship can be rich and our fellowship can be full. And uh, so I'm so grateful and it's, it's not something I've, so to speak, studied out to deliver to you. It's something that he put in me to, just prompted me and directed us this direction. So we'll just follow him in that. Amen. 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 And, uh, you know, it's like he gives us a bone and then, we, then he puts the meat on it in the services. So... <laughs> and uh, last night when... I uh, went back home after the service. He said to me, he said, tonight I want you to teach him to look to me. To look to him and what that means. Amen. We're uh, remembering something that Brother Copeland said in his final remarks on Sunday night. And he made this statement. He said, I was born to know him. I was born to be like him. 
doesn't get any sweeter than that to hear that. And so in that, God offers us his word for the reason of knowing him and for the reason of being like him. That's what the word is about. That's what the blood covenant is about. It's all to point to the knowing of him. It's all to point to the being like him. Amen. And uh, if I could say this, because this phrase comes up to me, it's not just beneficial, but it's imperative that we live this life with a deep consciousness of God himself. That as we're fulfilling the plan, we have to realize this, we can't make the plan the focus. He's the focus. The plan is the, is the way we serve the one we're focused on. Amen. And so too many times I think we have got, we get so, um, this is booming a little bit, we get so wrapped up in the doing of the plan that we lose the awareness of the, the author of the plan. You know, we're endeavoring, we're raising our families, conducting our businesses, serving in our churches, hungry for the will of God. And in the midst of all of that, sometimes we can get our focus not as fully as it should be on where it should be. That we can get so absorbed with all the things that must get done that day and leave him out of all of it. <laughs> so it's not just recommended or beneficial. It is imperative that we live and fulfill and run our race with a deep consciousness of God. Amen. And remind that, remind ourselves, it's it, the reason we're doing this is we want to please him. We want to please him. We want to please him. But how could it be pleased if we forget him? In the doing of it. And it's so easy to get distracted with things that rob us of the sweetness of the one we're doing this with. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so I, God is giving us, if I could say this, a tune up that we just fine tune. That thank God for the faith life, but it's also we come to know him. Yes. Amen. It's also that we come to know what he has and move with him. Yes. And, uh, you know, how many times you see people get married and uh, after they get married, they get so busy with the doing of marriage that they forget one another. And if, if we're not careful and that we can become not will, not trying to or not on, not um, purposefully, but in revelations, we, we move away from really what matters first. And it's him. It's him. Amen. That we so love him that when people get around us, they want him. Amen. And so reminding ourselves, and you say, Pastor Nancy, that's just fundamental and basic. Yeah, that's why we're visiting it again, <laughs> because it is fundamental. And it's the basis of everything we do. 
that I want him pleased. My husband used to say this, the blessing is in the pleasing. That when he's pleased, the blessings of God just meet us everywhere we go. Amen. And uh, we know this. Uh, well, I, I said this, I believe, this morning. I don't know if I, I don't think I completed the statement when I said it in a previous service. But whenever God told me to do something and I did it, then the devil afterwards tried to trouble my mind about what I had done. But I knew it was God. But yet he still tried to enter in the after, in the after obedience. He tried to, if I could say this, rob the joy of obedience. By harassing you, you shouldn't have done that. It's going to cost you this or you don't have enough money now or you can't do that because you did what God. And he's trying to rob us of the joy of obeying our father because obeying our father is pure joy and not hardship and not struggle. And it's not a torment. And I refuse to be tormented uh, in my my obedience to my father. Amen. That remember, remember when Jesus, of course, was baptized at the River Jordan. And this is and God, God spoke from heaven and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And immediately after that, the Holy Ghost uh, leads him to go to the wilderness and the devil for 40 days and 40 nights, harassing trying to trouble the mind why rob from him his father just said he's pleased and he's that's is one of the things he's trying if i could say this rob from him the joy of pleasing his father and now trying to turn it into a season of oppression and of course he went in there and was victorious he wasn't oppressed but we see that when the father was pleased the devil hates that and he wants to trouble you when you when you obey God and please you and harass you in your mind and make you think that now because you obey God, you're going to suffer in some way, whether it's financially or you've got to lay down your dream to follow God. You can trust God with your dream because he'll give it back to you better. And the devil, when you go to obey God, the devil tries to make it a fearful thing, trying to rob the joy out of the obedience of, of him. And, and uh, Jesus said, the will of my father is never grievous. I remember reading, and I believe it was the book, My Time in Heaven by Richard Sigmund. And... Uh, I, I, I don't remember if it, he was going, it was when he was going to take him down and show him aspects of hell or whether it was when he was coming back to the earth, which <laughs> no, I'm teasing. Uh, yeah, no, I'm teasing. But uh, he, he so was delighted and thrilled to be in heaven that he just kind of let down when Jesus said that. And he, I, I don't want to basically. And Jesus rebuked him and said, the will of my father is never grievous. So our faces shouldn't fall when God directs us in some direction. When he tells us to do something, he leads us to do something. The devil wants to make us 
turn the, the, the commandment and the instruction of the Father into an enemy of our life. And it is the blessing of our life. It is the joy of our life. It is a joy to obey him. It is a thrill to obey him. And the devil would love to rob that from us and give us wrong thinking, treating it like it's a hardship. But God, with God, he's not a hard taskmaster. And anything he asks of us, it might be hard on the flesh, <laughs> the flesh, but that gets in the way of really uh, enjoying the fullness of the blessing of obedience. And so let's not be robbed from. And so when I obeyed God in that instruction God gave me, he told me something to do. And for a day and a half, the devil was dogging me. Now that you did that, you're not going to have enough for yourself. You're going to have difficulty. You're going to have all kinds of struggles that you're going to face. He wasn't just, he could not get me to undo that. I'd already done it. So what he tried to do was trouble me and get me in the wrong thinking about what I had done. And almost trying to make you regret and trying to make you an enemy of God's instruction. Because God loves a cheerful, joyous, prompt to do it giver. And it's not just about money. It's about the giving of obedience, a joy, a cheerful obedience, a joyful obedience, a prompt to do it obedience. Whether it's giving, whether it's serving, whether it's praying, whether it's whatever it is. That's the kind of approach be, that we should take in our obedience to God. And the devil would love to steal the cheerfulness and the joyfulness and the promptness out of our obedience. Because then even if we obey, it's not in full pleasing to the Father because it's not done with the right mindset and the right approach and the right heart. And so once you obey God, the devil will try to trouble you about your obedience because he wants to rob you of the blessing and the joy of obeying. And so every time for the next day and a half when the devil would just make that thought, suggest something, I would answer it. And then, uh, you know, a little bit later it would come again and I'd answered. I, I, I recognized it was the devil and I, I wasn't going to let him steal it from me. But then the word of the Lord came to me and said, if you would get in my presence and stay there, he said, you wouldn't even have to listen to that. Meaning that living with a deep consciousness of God puts us in a place to where harassment is not a lifestyle for us. Amen. Hallelujah. And so God said to me, he said, if you would get in my presence and stay in my presence, he said, you wouldn't even have to listen to that. And then he said this, because that was about that situation. Then he told me, about future. And he said, because in the future, I'm going to tell you and instruct you to do certain things. And the devil will try to take what I instruct you to do and trouble you with it. So how to, how to stay out of trouble, the troubling, the flow of troubling, because the devil wants to trouble everyone, is to live with the deep consciousness of God. Yes. 
Amen. Yes, we put the word in our mouth, but I'm talking about our thoughts carry a consciousness of him that we turn throughout the day our thoughts toward him and worship him. And, you know, when Paul and Silas were thrown in prison and Morgan and I were talking about the other day, when Paul and Silas were thrown into prison and they prayed and sang praises and the doors came open, most Christians would have said, baby, there's my exit. (laughs) And they didn't even get up to go because they had already left. I'm talking about in their consciousness and in their worship of God, they had already exited. The door was nothing but a, 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 a detail, yeah, formality. Because they didn't just hurry up and rush out. They had already exited. I don't care what you're facing, you can exit that before any circumstance changes. And this is what a deep consciousness of God will do for you. You decide the exit. You don't let circumstances pave your exit. You can exit at a moment just by turning toward him. I'm not talking about being weird and foggy eyed, but I am talking about coming into a place in the spirit to where you recognize I'm in charge. Amen. And uh, I was talking to Morgan about this and this is what we want to understand. God is not offering us relief. He's offering us victory. Too many are just settling for relief and never going on to gain victory. What would be relief? Paul and Silas getting up and running out as soon as the doors open. That's relief. But victory is get the jailkeeper saved. Get his house. Go and establish a church. Now we're talking about, see, victory is the whole picture. Relief is simply that one circumstance. God does not direct us based on just one thing. He has the whole picture in view when he directs us to do something. So let's, if we're not careful, we'll just want such relief from pressure that we'll just settle instead of hold out for the whole thing. Paul and Silas didn't settle and just get up and run out. They held out for the whole thing. Why? Because they were there with the consciousness of God and not a consciousness of the prison. Amen. Amen. And this is how we must live with this in this last day revival. Because if we're not careful, we will settle for things instead of holding out for all of it. (laughs) I like what one minister said. He said, Everything that uh, he said, what, what comes to you is either a temptation or a manifestation. And what he meant by that is when you're in a test, either there will be the manifestation of your answer and you take it, or there will be a temptation that looks like your answer, but it's a cheat. It's a decoy so that you won't wait and hold out for the manifestation. 
And so when you're faced with a difficulty, what shows up is either going to be a temptation or a manifestation. And those doors flying open were a temptation, no doubt. But they held out for the manifestation. The manifestation. And, and think about, I, I was, Paul understood this because remember one time he was on one particular occasion being beaten. And then after that, and they threw him in prison. And then after they beat him, they, were, they found out, oh my gosh, he's a citizen of Rome. Oh my gosh, it's unlawful what we did. And they sent word to dismiss him or release him. And he says, uh-uh, you come down here. See, he's not just taken yeah. relief. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's victory. You come, you, you come and walk me out. Don't you just send your, your, you beat me openly. You beat me in public. You come down here openly. You're not going to sneak me out at the night hour. This was a man who wasn't looking for relief. If you look for relief, you'll marry wrong. If you look for relief, you'll take the wrong job. But if you look for victory, you don't settle. You don't settle. Praise the Lord. How do you know the difference? Well, the word, yes, but living with a deep consciousness of God, you learn his heart. I mean, uh, you pick up from him. You pick up his his affection, his compassion, his mercy, just around him, around him. Dad Hagen talked about the compassion that is needed in ministering to people. He talked about when John G. Lake heard the woman screaming in pain with cancer halfway down the road and he ran in because out of compassion, his heart wept and broke for her suffering. And he just went in. After all the praying he'd done and laying hands on her and all this, uh, he just went in and scooped her up out of compassion and she was instantly healed. And talking about, and, he, and, and, and Dad Hagen would say this to us, that kind of flow only comes from the presence of God. <laughs> Being with God, confession won't give you that. Not to diminish confession, but they all have their different places and roles. It's when we're in that intimate, that intimate place with the Father, we start picking up His characteristics in a way that they start coming to the surface in our lives. The mercy and the compassion and the love and the genuine interest in people and the care and the concern. And you don't make stupid statements like I would love pastoring if it weren't for the people. Just to, just to make fun and you don't make statements like that because without the people, no one needs your ministry. You have no ministry. Because pe ministry is people. And if you don't love people, too many times people love ministry, but not people. You'll never reach the end of what God has for you. You'll never reach the fullness. I was years ago... Uh, in, a, in a service, they had a, a certain young man. He was, oh, maybe in his early 30s and he was ministering in the service and he was a good teacher. And uh, there was a man that was maybe 70 something years old, had been in the ministry for years. And somebody said, what'd you think about, you know, the, the, the teaching today? And he said, he's a good teacher. 
Now he just needs to learn to be a good minister. What's that mean? Just because you can teach it doesn't mean that the flow is, is ministering to people. Amen. And too many times, if we're not careful, we love the work of the ministry, but people, people are the ministry. And we get that interest and care and that concern and genuineness for people in the Father's presence. You can't just listen to a tape and get it. It's by being with the one who so loved the world that he gave. And that's what I'm talking about, a deep consciousness of God. Brother Copeland, uh, when he was here several years ago, he talked about that God was going to send, that he was going to fill up this place with people. and There would be, you know, many, many, many that would come and get saved. And he said, just be aware they're not going to be dressed the way you're used to. They're not going to smell the way you're used to. Why? Because there's going to be such an influx and such a flood of the harvest. And they're going to be unchurched and they're not going to understand. And he said, you're going to have to understand the differences that you're going to find in people that come in to get right with God. Because they might be naturally repelling, but if you're in the Father's presence, you understand. And I'm, not talk, and I'm not talking about people who take a thought like that and say, well, that's why I can have a carnal church. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about people when they come, when they come to Christ, that they're, not, they're going to need love, not somebody with a critical eye. Amen. And you get that compassion and that interest and that concern for people in the presence of the Father. Amen. And the, Ed, Ed said, this last day revival is going to be, re, be a revival of God's mercy. He said, God is going to heal people you never would have healed. He's going to deliver people you never would have helped. How are we going to recognize that flow of mercy? By being in the presence of the Father, living with a deep consciousness of God, developing the habit of turning toward him all throughout the day and not just on Sunday morning or midweek service, but our, our awareness of him becomes our lifestyle. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So it means something when Brother Copeland made the statement, it's true, I was born to know him. I was born to be like him. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11, if you would, Hebrews chapter 11. And verse 39, we're following up this list of faith heroes. And the Bible just briefly mentions and touches on just a few of them. And in listing some of them, in verse 39, it says in all of these, these faith heroes, though they won divine approval by means of their faith, they did not receive the fulfillment of what was promised. 
So the promise that's referred to is the coming Messiah and the Old Testament saints relied upon the promise of the Messiah, but didn't see him come in the flesh. Yeah. They didn't see the fulfillment of his work of redemption. They, they weren't there with, when the new covenant came into place. And when he established the church, they, they didn't see all that, but they relied on that, that that was going to come. And in verse 40, uh, let, let me say, they did not receive the fulfillment of what was promised, verse 40, because God had us in mind and had something better and greater in view for us so that they, these heroes and heroines of faith, should not come to perfection apart from us before we could join them. Now, verse one, therefore, then since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth, and we could say this, who ran their race and finished their race and, and laid hold of what they were laid hold of for. Now that they have run their race, now they're watching us. Let us. Now that we have them as, as an example, let us. Let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, unnecessary weight, and that sin which so readily, deftly, and cleverly clings to and entangles us. And let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race that is set before us. Verse 2, looking away. This is how we run. Looking away from all that will distract to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith, giving the first incentive for our belief and is also its finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. He, for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him. What was that prize? That prize was the redemption of creation through carrying out the Father's will. That's what the prize was. He endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse three, consider him. The Amplified says, just think of him. Yes. Yes. There's other things offered to think of, but he said, just think of him. When you're running, think of him. Amen. When you're running, think of him. It didn't say think of Moses. It didn't say think of Caleb or Joshua. It didn't say think of Elijah. Why? Because Jesus ran to perfection. Amen. The others ran, but he ran in perfection. So just think of him who endured from sinners such grievous opposition and bitter hostility against him. Reckon up and consider it all in comparison with your trials. In other words, start measuring and see how rough life is. So that you may not grow weary or exhausted, losing heart and relaxing and fainting in your minds. When we're faced with difficulties and opposition, stop and compare yours to Jesus's. And then take your thumb out your mouth. That's really why he's saying that. 
You think because you're in it, it looks so big, but look at what he went through. Look at what he suffered and it minimizes and you realize, no, 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 this ain't even comparable. Because why does he say, consider him when you're running and when you're facing things? Why does he say that? So that you won't quit thinking wrong. So that you won't quit thinking right about it. You'll be tempted to think wrong. Ministry's hard. Lie. Lie. It's a lie. Starting a church is hard. That's a lie. It's a lie. The Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. Will there be sacrifices? Yes, but they're not hard. Compare your sacrifice to Jesus' sacrifice and then let's talk hard. If people have this mindset that obeying him and fulfilling the plan, oh, I pay such a price. There is a price, but it's a bargain, baby. It's a bargain. Stephen and Morgan were sitting and listening to a minister who shared a testimony that uh, his wife had been believed years ago had just stated one day she wanted a Bentley car, you know, and um, she had been looking over the, you know, over time, she'd just look here and there and keep her eye out to see if she found one and online she found one valued at $250,000 and they were selling it for what was it? 50, 54,000. $49,000. I don't know if somebody died or what, but this car and they called and said, is the car sold? They said, well, someone's coming tomorrow to look at it. And this, this preacher said, we'll come, we'll be there in a two hours with cash. Are you going to really drive off the car lot griping about $49,000 with a $250,000 car? Do we really want to talk about the price we have paid to obey God? See, he said, consider him. He paid the price. Consider what he went through so that you think right when you're faced with opposition so that you don't get into the poor pity me. And what makes life hard is ignorance. Ignorance is not stupid. Ignorance means you're uninformed. You don't know enough. That's what makes life hard. Ministry is not hard. Ignorance is what's hard. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. So listen to this. He said, consider him. Reckon up and consider it all in comparison with your trials. So that you may not grow weary and exhausted, losing heart, relaxing and fainting in your mind. So notice this, the mind will want to quit if you think wrong. The mind will want to quit on you. The mind will want to go the wrong direction. You know, to think wrong is quitting here. Notice he said these words that you may not grow weary. The definition of weary is impatient or dissatisfied. Don't get impatient and start, start working your own plan just because there's things coming against you. 
Don't you find your own exit route. Don't you look for your own way of relief. And he said, you have to consider him. Keep your, keep your focus and your awareness on what he did so that you don't look for an alternate route when you're under pressure. He didn't look for an alternate route. Then the second thing it says, so that you may not grow weary, that you may not be exhausted. The definition for exhausted is to drain of strength, to use up or consume completely. If you think wrong, wrong thinking will consume you. Use up all your strength and you'll think it's the ministry that did it when it was wrong thinking. Your mind fainted. Your mind went the wrong direction of how you approached this. I mean, you, you can, when there's certain things that just, let's say just problems at the office and one thing after another, you can come home and you, you've only been doing it, handling things a couple of hours maybe, and you just can feel drained of strength with something just constantly mentally weighing on you. You can get up tired, feeling drained. Right? Exhausted means to expend the whole of. To empty by drawing out all your content. To deprive wholly or useful. Notice that if we think wrong about what we face, it'll empty the strength out of our hearts. It'll exhaust us. It says to deprive wholly of useful or essential properties, possessions or resources. To destroy the fertility of the soil. The soil of your heart, it'll destroy the fertility of that if we think wrong. Then it says, consider him that we not lose heart. That we losing heart and relaxing. Look at that. Losing heart and relaxing. So in this list of negatives, relaxing is a negative. Not talking about physical relaxing, but the relaxing of faith, the relaxing of reach. The relaxing of pressing. Amen. To relax is to diminish the force of, to reduce or stop work, effort, and stop application. Then fainting in your mind, the definition is lacking clearness. Being feeble and lacking courage. So he says, consider him so that you don't do any of these things. And it's all in the mind. Right? That's why we have to live with a deep consciousness of God so that our mind doesn't get it rutted in this other thing. Amen. Listen, the cloud of witnesses that ran their race, they're watching. And they're interested in the race we're running for their labor isn't complete without ours. They ran under their covenant, but the two covenants we fulfill they fulfill that. We fulfill the new, under the new covenant. Amen. So I want to go back where it says in verse 2, looking unto Jesus is what the King James says. The Amplified says, looking away from all that would distract to Jesus. Notice, it didn't say looking away from evil. Just looking from what distracts. I was back in the back room one time here in the green room when Brother ha Pastor Happy Caldwell was here doing our graduation for our Bible school. And he made this statement. He said, 
the number one thing that stops ministers from fulfilling what they're born for is distraction. Distraction. He says, not of wrong things or evil things, but just distraction. Amen. So, verse 2, looking away from all that will distract to Jesus. Notice this, you can't look two places at once. Can't do it. Can't do it. We can't look at opposition and look at Jesus. We can't look at tests and look at Jesus. Are they there? Yes, but do they have to get our attention? No. Can't look at your body and look at Jesus. You can't look at your checkbook and just live mindful of that bottom line and look at Jesus. Can't do it. And it takes skill to quit looking at what's loud. Amen. Uh, Pastor Ike referred to him, but Pastor David Oyedipo in, in Africa, and um, he has, Brother Copeland referred to him while he was here, has the largest church in the world, and he said, people ask me, don't you have a lot of opposition tests and trials? He said, maybe I do, I don't know, I haven't noticed. <laughs> key. There's a key. The pastor of the largest church in the world just gave us a huge key. I just haven't noticed. Why? He's learned something. Looking unto Jesus. Not looking unto everything that's coming against you. Can I tell you this? Husbands, wives, don't make statements like when you get a new house and something goes wrong. Something's always going wrong. Yeah. Then get out of the house. Get out. Get a new car. Oh, I can't believe it. Have a complaint about all the time. If you're going to own something, something is always going to need your attention. If you don't want to give proper attention to things, don't own anything. Live like a slave, never owning anything. Slaves don't own anything. When you accepted what God offered you, you just said yes to challenges. Quit griping about them. Quit complaining about them. Quit. They're part of the process of victory. And it gets old living with somebody who complains about what they have been blessed with because there's a lot of people who would love to change positions with you today. What's the problem? People are complainers, murmurs. Why? They quit looking unto him. When you look at him, it doesn't matter. I, I love something that Corey Ten Boom said, and you would know of her who helped, you know, during World War II deliver Jews and things thrown into a concentration camp, mistreated, lost all of her family. And she said this, when you learn to see God at every hard place, not, she's not saying God authored every hard place. Don't misunderstand that. When you learn to see God at every hard place, she said, even the hard places bless you. What did she learn? She had learned to live with the consciousness of God. Amen. 
Praise the Lord. Some of you just look like you haven't slept for a month. But I'm just telling you, this is the key to loving your life, fulfilling His plan and pleasing Him in the process. I'm just telling you, this is a huge key to fulfilling what you're born for and really living the life He authored for us. Amen? How well we run our race. He said, looking unto Him. How well we run our race and finish that race will be affected by how skillful we are at looking unto Him. Looking away from what distracts and how fixed we are on Him. Because whether we know it or not, our faith is our attention, is attached to our attention. So many people are trying to they're struggling with their faith when their attention is on the wrong thing. That's why you have a problem with your faith. The Bible says, consider not. Yeah. Considering means where your attention is at. Amen. It, says, it says Abraham considered not. Amen. Right? That means he didn't have his attention on the wrong thing. And then when in here in Hebrews 12, when it says consider him, have your attention on him is what it means. Amen. If you have your attention... If you are constantly thinking about things that's going wrong at your house and griping, your attention's on the wrong thing. Your attention is not on God bless me with a home. And I tell you what, you complain and have your attention on the wrong thing, the devil will steal the right thing from you because you're so occupied with the wrong thing, you're not even watching over the right thing. Praise the Lord. Faith people have no complaint in their mouth. I was listening. They, I heard some reporters make a statement about the royal family of how they handle their public image with people. And I'm not trying to say anything for or against. I'm just saying that the policy within their offices is this. Never complain, never explain. That's good policy. Why? Because the media is always trying to bait them into something and get them into all the celebrity type gossip of, uh, uh, of media and they just won't go there because they go, we're, we're a diff we're, we have a different standard we go by. Now I'm just saying, I'm not saying about whether they do it personally or whatever. I'm saying the office policy of their offices is this, never complain, never explain. That works pretty good. Some people need to change their policies. <laughs> how well we run our race and finish will be based on how well we look, how, how focused and how much we hold our attention on the one that did it right. And let me just read these for time's sake and let me just read the, uh, the references. Psalm 57 verse 7 says this, my heart is fixed. I like this word, fixed. My heart is fixed, oh God. My heart is fixed. He says it twice. My heart is fixed. My heart is fixed. He said, I will sing and give praise. Why? Because I'm not wavering. I'm fixed. So since I'm not wavering, I'm singing. Amen. If you're not singing, you're not fixed. You're not firm-footed. When you're fixed, you're certain. 
Psalms 108 verse 1. Oh God, my heart is fixed. <laughs> I will sing and give praise even with my glory. Psalms 112 verse 7. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings, for his heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. So what is a fixed heart? It's a trusting heart. Amen. And the one who's fixed and the one who is trusting, that means his attention is fixed on the one he's trusting. His attention is fixed on the one he's trusting. That's why he's not afraid. He's not afraid he can't meet his mortgage because his attention is not on his mortgage. His attention is on the one who is the provider. If you're afraid of something, something needs fixing. Something needs to be anchored. Something needs to be fortified. Your footing needs to be firmed up on the one you're trusting. Amen. Part of trusting is fixing your attention. Praise the Lord. Colossians, Colossians chapter 3. Turn with me if you would. Colossians chapter 3. In verse 2. This is the Amplified. Colossians chapter 3 verse 2. Set your minds and keep them set. See, we can come to a service and our minds get fixed on him. Our minds get set on him. Then we walk out and go back to what we laid at the front door when we came in. Pick it back up and go out and act like life as usual. This is the remedy for that. Set your minds and keep them set on what is above. The higher things, not on the things that are on the earth. The word set, that definition of that means to resolve or decide upon. To put into a fixed, rigid or settled state. Firm and permanent like concrete. So we could say this, set your mind like concrete and keep it set like concrete on higher things. If it's set, it's not coming down to lower. If it's set, it's not coming down. You understand? If it's set, it won't come down. It's not God's job to set it. It's our job to set it. Worshiping and waiting before the Lord and having a deep consciousness of the greater one on the inside of us plays a role in us setting our minds. Because when we're in his presence, it helps and we're worshiping him. It helps us to set our minds. Amen. It also involves disciplining the thought life by casting down imaginations, taking every thought into captivity. It involves holding our attention and focus on spiritual things and not natural things. That means we can't just be absorbed with what's natural and think that we're going to have peace up here. 
Hallelujah. Second Kings chapter six. Go with me if you would. Second Kings chapter six. And just for time's sake, we won't read the entire passage, but the king of Syria was strategizing against God's people and was going to launch war. And uh, Elisha, the prophet, what would happen is the king of Syria would speak, speak out loud and say, tomorrow we're going to set ourselves in this location for attack. But by speaking it, now those words <laughs> would be heard in the ear of the prophet. And so the prophet Elisha would go to the king of Israel and say, tomorrow they're going to be there. And it says it didn't happen once. It didn't happen twice. It happened more than twice. So either three, four, it doesn't say how many times that kept happening. So the king of Syria realizes that every time he sets a plan, that thing gets sabotaged. So he finally said among his own, who is it that is working for them? You know, and one of them spoke up and said, there's no one betraying you. There is a prophet that hears what you say in your bedchamber. Yeah. So the king of Syria can't even launch war successfully against God's people till he gets that prophet's mouth shut because he exposes everything by the spirit. So he sends an army to go after one man who was fixed. When you're fixed, an army can't even undo you. When you're focused, an army cannot even frighten you. An army came after one man unarmed, not a warrior, not carrying, you know, weapons. Didn't have bodyguards. He had one servant with him. And they sent the entire army. Go get that one man. The devil is afraid of people who hear and know the right realm. They sent a whole army. And so Elisha or his servant comes out the next morning. And the whole city is surrounded. To come after them. It's like, I told you quit talking so much. You know? <laughs> so verse 13. And he said, go and spy where he is. So the king of Syria is saying about Elisha, go and spy where he is that I may send and fetch him. He's going to fetch him with an army. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Verse 14. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host. And they came by night and compassed the city about. Now that would have been quite a dramatic sight. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, he went outside. Behold, a host encompassed the city both with horses and chariots. And the servant said unto Elisha, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not. The first thing 
Don't you let fear in. There's no need for it. Why? Because when you're fixed, you see something more than fear. Or things that make you fearful. Fear not. For they that be with us are more, are more than they that be with them. It does not say that Elisha saw anything. Did he? I don't know. It doesn't say that he saw into the spirit realm. He just knew the scripture. There's more with us than with them. So anytime you see something that tries to frighten you, know there's more with you. There's more with you. There's more with you. That's not true because you're Elisha or a prophet. It's true because the greater one is in you. And he said, fear not for they, be with, uh, they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee open his eyes that he may see. He didn't say that Elisha saw. Why? Because when you're fixed, you've already seen what you need to see. You already know what you need to know. You're firm. You're fixed. But his eyes needed to see something. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. What's that mean? Stay with a man of God because they're around him. They're not around the servant. They're around him. It matters that you're with someone who is surrounded. To see what these two men saw in the natural would be overwhelming. To the natural man, you walk out and you see the city surrounded and they're after you and they don't miss. And you would have to be practiced and skillful at keeping your eyes set on things that are higher and things that are invisible and things that are not seen. You'd have to be skillful. And Elisha's knowing protected Gehazi's peace. There are other people around you that don't know what you know, and God will let you use what you know to protect their peace. Amen. So when Gehazi's opens, eyes were open, he saw the spirit realm. He was no longer troubled by what was in the natural. You get that? When our eyes are set on things above, we're no longer troubled by what we see in the natural. If we're troubled by what we see in the natural, we now have the opportunity to practice fixing our eyes. Amen. Amen. God's realm is always stocked with your provision. Whatever that provision need is, it's loaded with your provision. Look there. This is what looking unto Jesus includes. Amen. And we know this one, Isaiah 26, verse 3. You will guard him and keep him in perfect, constant peace. Not peace that stops and starts, stops and starts. Constant peace. That's God's part. It says God will keep him, will guard him and keep him in perfect peace. Now here comes man's part, whose mind is stayed on him. If you're not peaceful, it's a mind problem. It's not a devil problem. 
It's an attention problem. It's a distraction problem. Amen. It takes practice to become skillful at staying when staying your mind on the right thing when wrong things are so visible. I, uh, I, have, I have three dogs now. I have the ones I have had, Lad and Chap. And now I got Dandy. So Lad and Chap, Lad is a gentleman. Chap is badly mannered. <laughs> Sweet, but needy, always inserting himself. He doesn't want you to. He doesn't want you to pet him. He wants you to quit petting Lad. You know. And he his body is just always like this, and Lad just sits and looks at him and tolerates you know him. And so when it's treat time. What I say is, you have to sit. You don't get it till you stay. And chap, bless his heart. Lad just comes in there, he sits, because he knows you don't get anything till you sit, so he just walks in and sits. And chap sits, then he jumps up, and he sits, and he jumps up, and he sits, and he jumps up, and he sits, and he jumps up. And Lad's just, I can't get my treat till you stay down. And Lad is doing it right, but the one he hangs out with is doing it wrong. And so Lad can't, although he's doing it right, he's hanging out with those who are doing it wrong. And <laughs> let that speak for itself. And bless his heart, chap will, I mean, just his, his backside will barely touch, skim the floor and then it's back up. And then it's, ah, ah. I wonder if, we look like that to Jesus. I just wonder. We're set, then we're up, then we're set, then we're set, then we're focused, then we're, huh. You don't get your provision till you learn to stay. Because he said, keep your mind stayed. Just knowing where the floor is is not enough to get the provision. You gotta stay in your place. Keep your thoughts in the proper place. Keep your attention on the proper things and stay there. Because if God, and let me tell you, God will, God will train you in the staying. He will train you in the staying. Because if you only stayed for 15 minutes and then he blessed you with what you were believing for, was showed up, then you've only got 15 minutes ability to stay. Yeah, that's it. You're done. You know? So d does he torture us, <laughs> you know, by, no. I'm not sitting there trying to torture Lad. It's just that I'm sorry, but Chab has issues. <laughs> and until these issues get fixed right now. And it's not the devil withholding. It's the lack of staying. It's the lack of staying keeping the mind fixed. Stay in the presence of God. Stay focused. Stay fixed. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. And then we know, and we won't take time to read the whole passage, but let me just quote it to you. In 2 Chronicles 20, we know about how Jehoshaphat was challenged with these five enemy armies that joined forces against them. And what he said, he said, Oh God, 
Will you not exercise judgment upon them? For we have no might to stand against this great company that's coming against us. We don't know what to do, but our eyes, our eyes, our eyes, our attention, our focus, it's on you. So victory does not begin with knowing what to do. Victory begins with where you're looking. You understand that. Too many times people thought, if I knew what to do, if you know where to look, you'll find out what to do. So victory doesn't begin with knowing everything. Don't get in turmoil because you don't know what to do when you're faced with something. Just know where to look. And he will make sure if you will stay fixed with your attention on him, he will lead you to your answer. He will make sure that your answer is found. Amen. Hallelujah. So looking unto Jesus is holding our focus, our attention on him through worshiping, through waiting, through waiting, ministering to him. It's through holding to his word. Because I'm not talking about something that's just done in an emotional waiting period, you know, where you work up feelings of worship and feelings of affection. But it's based on the word. Amen. Because he, because he is the word made flesh. Hallelujah. In his presence and in his word, we gain light. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Looking unto Jesus. Practicing holding our attention. Amen. Praise the Lord. Stand with me to your feet. Father, we're so grateful tonight. We have a race to run. We're all running the race. And there is a revival to fulfill. And it's got to be done His way. And He tells us how. Amen. Looking unto Jesus and consider Him. Father, we're so grateful tonight that You give us the best place to look. That no matter what we're faced with tonight, no matter what we may be dealing with in our lives, we always have the best place to look. And by positioning our attention there, we position ourselves to receive all that you have for us. So we thank you tonight, Father. We worship you. Just lift up your hands, lift up your voice and worship him tonight. We worship you, Father. We worship you, Father. <clears throat> we worship you. Hallelujah. Father, we are no longer impressed by things that surround us. But we are impressed with the one who is in us and we focus our thoughts on higher things. We look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. I love something that Lillian B. Yeomans writes in her book 
She makes this statement. It says, while we look not at things that are seen. She said, if you're looking at what is seen, you are in sin against the word. Because the Bible says, look not. See, we've treated it like it's optional. And she called it sin. Because the word says, look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are unseen. Our peace level will be determined by our focus. Peace is in us. Absolutely belongs to us. But the more skillful we are at staying focused on the right thing will determine our peace level. Amen. While we look not at the things which are seen, but we look at that which is not seen. Why? Because that's the flow we're living out of, is that unseen flow. Hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Father. Let's go ahead and let's sing something, Miss Regina. I let the peace of God rule in my heart. It quiets my mind from fearful thoughts. And when problems arise like storms on the sea, the peace of the Lord is upon me. I let the peace of God rule in my heart. what I started out with with what God said to me he said you're going to have to make sure you're living in my presence because he said I'm going to tell you to do things in the future that the devil will try to trouble your mind with amen so know this in this revival we're going to be used in ways we haven't been used before. We're going to be instructed to do things we haven't done before. Amen. And we're going to have to be ready to obey that so that we move further with Him. But I want to uh, especially minister to anyone in here tonight that oppression, you're harassed in your mind, depressed, 
entrenched in fear. Now listen, everybody has to take their stand against these things, but I'm, I'm referring to someone who, it seems like you can't get in front of this thing. You're just entrenched in fear and torment, panic, anxiety, all those things are nothing but the flow of fear. Depression and harassed, tormented, there's help for you. There's, there's a life that awaits you that is complete peace and complete joy. But if you need help tonight, there's a united faith here. Amen. There's the anointing that destroys that yoke. But it won't ever take the place of you doing the right thing with your mind. But we can still minister to you that help that's here. So if that's you, come up here and we'll minister to you. Hallelujah. Come up real quickly. out this way Satan you take your hands off their minds be free in Jesus name free in Jesus name be free in Jesus name be free in Jesus name father we thank you that as this call, these claws are laid upon those sick ones that that anointing is transferred into their bodies and it will drive out 
If there's a presence of an evil spirit, it will drive it out. It'll drive out sickness, pain, symptoms, disease, and they'll be free in Jesus' name. We believe you for it and thank you for it. We thank you, Father. Free in Jesus' name. Free in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I tell you, there have been... The devil's going to challenge your mind. And it's right to feed on the word. It's right to confess the word. Absolutely. But don't leave out worshiping the Father. It's right to pray in the Spirit. But the thing about when you're praying in the Spirit in a situation like that, it says the mind's not edified. It bypasses the mind. It doesn't involve the mind. And at a time when you need peace, you need something that involves your mind. And worship is one of the best things to involve your mind. It gets your attention on the one who has made victory yours and off of what comes against you. Amen. Hallelujah. And you have to take an active role of worship, worship and worship and worship and worship and worship. That's one way we set our focus on Him. That's one way that we look unto Him. That's one way we consider Him. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's just wait before Him. Manda, manja, 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 mosto, mosto, masta. Mancha, mancha, manta. There are anointings. There are flows. There are manifestations that can only be fulfilled through someone who is skillful with their thought life. Skillful in, in their authority. Skillful in who they are in Christ. So know this, being called to it does not qualify you. You must become skillful in this place of the Word and prayer, fellowshipping with the Father. Entering into that place in the Spirit and knowing how with the accompaniment of the Holy Ghost to yield to Him. To enter into those places in the spirit. To where you see. To where you know. But just being called to them does not qualify. Do not count on your calling to qualify you for these flows. You must take this word and be skillful. And make it your lifestyle. Make it the way you choose to live with your focus, your attention, the eyes of your spirit fixed on, on the greater one, fixed on the word, fixed on the Father who is the author. We thank you, Father. 
There are some in here that you step so far. You step in and then you step out. And then it seems like you go more steps back. And then you step just up forward one and then lose ground even further. And you go, I just don't know why I can't seem to get past some things in the natural, why I can't get past some things in the flesh, why I can't get into some things of ministry that I know I'm supposed to be flowing in. And this is the help. This is the instruction. Go further in, my, in the spirit. Take longer in my presence. And in my presence, those things that have been your enemy will fall from you. Those hindrances and oppositions and things that would try to block your progress. So in my presence, those things lose their foothold. And they slip away from around your life and around your ministry. And you're no longer constantly trying to deal with them, but you're dealing with me. You deal with my presence. You enter my presence and my presence and the fellowship of my, at my throne gets your attention and all of your attention shifts from that which has been opposing you. And when you consider not, it falls away. And the reason it has stayed troubling the lives of those and holding back or hindering is because they've considered too long. When you consider not, they have no place of entrance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise you, Father. We praise you, Father. Listen, in our life of faith, let's not leave out faith for fellowship with God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We worship you, Father. We worship you. I was thinking today, I saw a particular woman, precious, precious. She wasn't a preacher, but she was so skillful in prayer. She's gone home to be with the Lord now, but when Ed and I lived in Tulsa, in the 80s and uh, we got word that she had asked my husband to come and pray for her because she was diagnosed with um, I believe it was breast cancer and she was in the hospital and uh, Ed and I walked in and he laid hands on her and prayed and she said something. She said, I'm not sure why this, you know, has come on me. And then all of a sudden you could see a little bit. She'd catch herself and she'd say, but I'm not going to touch that. I'm going to stay in his presence. And I'm going to stay in the spirit and he will show me. And I just saw the skill that when the mind wanted to grab hold, she turned right back away from it. And that example, I've never forgotten it. As long as I live, I was so blessed to see her just as natural and human as anybody else that would 
the mind would want to go there and she'd say, but I'm not going there. Amen. Some of us need to say, I'm done going there. I'm done going there. I'm done calculating. I'm done trying to figure out. I'm just going to stay in his spirit, in his presence, in the spirit, you see, in the spirit, praying in the Holy Spirit. All these things assist us in staying uh, conscious of the greater one. Amen. Hallelujah. We worship you, Father. 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 And I, I would like to say this. Some people's minds go to this. Well, it's been this way for years. I've never seen anything change. I need certain things. I've just never seen God do anything. Don't let your mind go there. Don't let your mind cheat you. Don't let what you've seen of the past cheat what God has for you now. And then you dismiss because you can't figure out and you can't calculate how he's going to do. He's going to do things you've never seen him do. But not by having thoughts that have always been. Just getting in his presence. Amen. Hallelujah. I love something I heard Dad Hagen say. One time he said, I don't allow myself to touch on what I don't know. Because the devil will always try to bring up, especially when you're faced with something, you don't know what to do about this. You don't know what to do about this. This is a new strategy. This is a new device that the devil brings, or this is a new, a new form of opposite, uh, opposition for you or something. He says, I never let my mind touch in what I don't know. I just do wholeheartedly what I already do know. And then God will bring me into, once I've done what I do know, he'll bring me into what I need to know. Amen. So many people are uptight because they don't know. Forget what you don't know. We know that there's things we all lack in knowledge. But if we'll just stay in the spirit, he'll be able to direct us, whether it's through a sermon or study in the word or somebody saying something, giving us the light that we need. He'll bring us into it. So don't worry about these things. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A worried mind is an unskillful mind. A worried mind is an unrenewed mind. Just recognize that and say, not me anymore. Not me anymore. I don't care if you just got saved today. You can turn your attention to him today and become very skillful at that today. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you helped tonight? I appreciate these kinds of services. It's completely different than possibly the way things have gone in the past. But God is getting us ready for further things of this era, of this revival, further things of the Spirit. And these are things we have to address. And we have to make an emphasis of these things. Amen. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Mashtaka yedebeshtiki. 
We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We worship you, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I remember uh, after Ed went home to be with the Lord, there were so many details you can understand that have to be addressed. And in the midst of a very full plate, something else arose that was completely unnecessary that called for my attention. And I wasn't very pleased that it arose because it was completely unnecessary. And uh, I was thinking as I was sitting, putting on my makeup, you know, for an hour and a half, two hours, no, I'm teasing. <laughs> Long periods of time, you know that. And I was sitting there and I was thinking, you know, I just wish that hadn't, a, that situation hadn't shown up. It was just unnecessary. It just gives you more to deal with. You know, it's not going to really end up working against you but it's just it was unnecessary and I I just kind of you know wishing that it hadn't have and as I was sitting there thinking about it God said now you can think about that if you want to but if you do you have to give up fellowship with me to do it did you get that if you're just going to sit and rehearse and he, why? Because you can't do two things at once. Looking unto him. You can't look two ways at once. You can't look at people that are disappointing you and then look at him. You can't look at this and that. If we have to choose, what do we want to fellowship with today? Every thought is a choice. And God said, you can think about that if you want to, but you're going to have to give up fellowship with me to do that. I've given up fellowship with God too many times over things that didn't matter and weren't worth it. No more. I'm going to train my thought life that my, my, my thoughts are for Him. My thoughts are for Him. They're not for things that just want to deplete out of us. Amen? Smith Wigglesworth made this statement. He said, the more I'm with the world, the more like the world I become. The more I'm with the Father, the more like the Father I become. So we decide. We decide. Amen? And we refortify that consecration. Amen? Hallelujah. Pastor Noel, you have anything? Me the right there, Pastor Debbie, under. Beginning this year, this year, there will be an increase. There will be an increase of the spirit of singing, knowing. This is the beginning of it. The word that we are hearing here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Every instruction to accelerate. For the Lord Jesus Christ, looking unto Jesus, Looking unto Jesus. Oh yes, looking unto Jesus. As we look unto him, you will see how he, how he operate, how he finish. Ha, ah, what God the Father 
called him to do. For the spirit of seeing and knowing. For the spango shik ota ever etoshki moi kahai mo kahai. It is now. It is time. It is time. Oh, 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 ha, oh, ha. Yeah, ah, yo, yeah, dosh, kei, yeah. And the instruction, and the instructions that you're hearing, enter in, enter in, but you will see. You cannot finish the race. You cannot finish the race until you look upon him as he operates in the spirit of singing, knowing. As the chika, moshkit ek, okushta, okashika, pahaya, and the glory, hakushe, and the glory, shikamoshte, and the spirit of seeing and knowing. Hamdekishtaya, as you have hakusheya, moshala, 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 as the prophet said. As the prophet said, as we have read, ha, the spirit of singing knowing. Open his eyes that he may see. Open his eyes that he may see. Open his eyes that he may see. That what the kastoya maskotostoka estokostaya andogostoya iskrobahukadestaya esto adoko estime. Oka yeka yako man de kishtai estokopahaya. Oh, the glory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It will begin on the ministers. The ministers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yo. Every fivefold ministry gift. Atukos lekastikapaya. Oh, okushekadapaya. Atukostoka for the greater flow. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're entering in. We're entering in. Ha, ha, ha. To the divine flow. The greater flow. Every fivefold ministry gift. Oh, this is it. Ah, oh, this is it. For the spirit of singing, knowing. For the spirit is so, so. Yeko, asaka of singing, knowing how to custo, aha, to flow, to flow, to flow in a hundredfold. Aha, a custo, a custo, a custo, aha, a host Oh, the full flow, the full flow of the fivefold ministry gift, the full flow of the hokustakata of the gifts of the spirit. And it shall be, it shall be the full flow of the spirit of seeing and knowing. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Looking unto Jesus is observing how he did it. Doing it the way he did it. Amen. Following his example. That involves that. Hallelujah. And he did it by the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. He did it by saying, I only do what I see my father do. I only say what I hear my father say. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have this in my heart for us to bless the ministers. And I'm going to ask the Andersons to come up and help me with this. But if you're here full-time, five-fold ministry, we want to bless you. You don't have to come up. It's completely up to you. But you must be full-time, five-fold ministry. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Pastor, why don't you start down there probably about where Pastor Marcus is and we'll meet in the middle. Praise the Lord. We worship you, Father. Mastakaya the Bishtikiki. Mastakaria the Bostoya Estikiki. Father, all that you have, all that you have for them. All that you have for him, Father. All that you have. All that you have. All that you have, Father, for him. All that you have for him. All that you have for him, Father. All that you have. All that you have for him. All that you have for him, Father. All that you have for her, All that you have for her. All that you have for her, Father. All that you have, Father, for him. All that you have. All that you have, Father. All that you have for her, Father. All, uh, all that you have, Father, for her. you have for him father all that you have for him ah, we thank you father all that you have for her father fulfilled all that you have for her father all that you have for her father All that, uh, all that you have for him, Father, fulfilled. All that you have for him, Father, fulfilled. All that you have for her, Father, fulfilled. All that you have for her, Father, fulfilled in her. All that you have for him, Father, fulfilled. All that you have, ah, master, dreams and visions dreams and visions that will reveal steps that will reveal answers that will bring to light the plan of the father in your nation ah oh, we thank you father for those dreams and visions ah oh, that will bring the direction they need ha ha the all that you have for him, Father, fulfilled. Master. All that you have for her, Father, fulfilled. 
Ah, all that you have for her fulfilled mm, in your plan, in your plan, Father, in your plan, your plan, Father, your plan being unveiled and revealed. Pastor Shelley, unveiled and revealed. It's unveiled and revealed. You declare that. His plan is unveiled and revealed for me. It's unveiled and revealed for me. We thank you, Father, for your plan, your plan, the fullness of what you have for him. The fullness, the fullness, the fullness, the fullness, the fullness, Father, of what you have for her fulfilled. The fullness. Ah. We thank you, Father, the fullness, ah, the fullness, the fullness, the fullness of utterance, the fullness of utterance, utterances that come, utterances that come, a whole nother realm of utterances, ah, of revelation and utterance coming, speaking it out, speaking it out. All that you have for him, Father, fulfilled. All that you have for him fulfilled. All that you have for him fulfilled. you have for her fulfilled all that you have for him fulfilled ah we thank you father all that you have for her father fulfilled all that you have for her fulfilled and revealed in her (laughs) Ah. all that you have for her father fulfilled revealed in her those gifts of the spirit that she's to function and flow in coming up flowing up yield to them obey them flow with them hallelujah and it will bless many ha ah. ah. all that you have for him father fulfilled revealed in him ah we thank you for direction new direction new fresh direction coming pastor New and fresh direction coming. <laughs> Don't just hold to what's always been done. Don't hold to the way you've always done it, but follow any new instruction. Follow the fresh. Follow what He speaks to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it will be a fresh breath of air in that ministry. Be like a fresh breath upon your ministry. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Mashta kiye te beshti kiye. Maacha kadosto kote kiye. Mashta kiye. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on down here. Thank you, Father. Thank you for uh, the fullness, the fullness of what you have, Father. The fullness, the fullness, all that you have, all that you have fulfilled and revealed. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. All that you have for her fulfilled. Ha ha, yata boye. So precious the work. So precious the price. So precious the fruit. Now more of it. Now more of that fruit. Much more fruit. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Ah, we thank you. We thank you, Father. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, all that you have, all that you have, all that you have for him fulfilled and revealed in him for a freshness, a freshness of the anointing, a freshness in your office, a freshness in your mantle upon you. <laughs> ah, we thank you, Father, for the precious... Uh, the precious giftings in her. <laughs> May they come forth in their fullness. May they come forth in their fullness. <laughs> oh, we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Just give me your hands if you would, sir. Father, we thank you for all that you have for him, fulfilled and revealed in him. Fulfilled. Let me have your other hand, love fulfilled and revealed all that you have for her we thank you father fulfilled ah, all that you have for her fulfilled and revealed in her we thank you father we thank you father let's stand and let's worship the lord together we thank you for it Sister Vanessa, come here, love. Sister Vanessa, come here. You have only just begun to see the flow. You haven't experienced the fullness of the flow of blessing that he has for your life. But you're, you're, you're going to see, ah, such an increase of the blessings of God Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. 
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We give you glory and honor. We give you glory and honor. We give you glory and honor. <laughs> uh, Brother Daniel, there is a place in the Spirit. There is a place in the Spirit that He has for you to operate. You've not yet stepped in. In the way you do it, pray much in, the, in other tongues. Not to say you don't. But pray more in other tongues and you will see yourself step into that place reserved for you to occupy. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Father, for the grace for that place. The grace for that place in the Spirit. Ah, we thank you for it, Father. It will be a sweet, sweet place. A sweet, sweet place. Hallelujah. Miss Regina, songs from heaven that the era calls for. He's going to give you more. So get in that, get in the spirit and hear them because they're just waiting for you to take hold. And I had this, Tony, melodies, melodies, divine melodies. Just give me your hand. Father, we thank you for divine melodies, divine, the grace, the grace for those melodies of the Spirit. Hallelujah. We thank you for it, Father, because the era needs right music. It's part of the equipment. It's part of the ministering to the Lord. Spirit songs. And thank God for the wonderful spirit songs that have come through past moves and we can certainly still derive the anointing that's on those, but we have to remember this. God said something to me when he spoke to me about writing books and I said, God, Brother Hagen has done it so masterfully. Be glad to just sit, keep selling his books, promoting them because we feed on those and they feed us so much. And God said to me, one man serving his generation does not dismiss you from serving your generation. And we can't just, it's good to be blessed by what previous generations did, but God wants every man of his generation to serve his generation. That means you can't dismiss yourself from what God wants to flow through you. Amen. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Well, you don't want to miss... The next services because we don't know what's going to happen and that's okay he does and he has a plan and I know this we need that plan so we'll be here for it amen hallelujah hallelujah praise the Lord father we thank you we thank you we thank you we glorify you we magnify you hallelujah 
We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.